Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. Really glad that you're here today. And today we are continuing our message series, Deeper, where we're talking about how can I go deeper in my relationship with Christ? Now, last week we talked about how to go deeper with God through reading the Bible. Um, But the truth is that alone is not enough. There's another really big component that we're going to talk about today, and that is how to go deeper with God through prayer. You see, um, prayer and reading the Bible, it's, it's like the two rails on a railroad track, okay? If either one of them is missing, then the train quickly derails. See, reading the Bible is how to go deeper with how God reveals himself to you, but prayer is how to go deeper with how God interacts with you. And both are really, really important. Um, I was thinking about how I first learned uh, two really, really key lessons on prayer. Um, Happened years ago, um, really quite by accident. And now, I say that, but they were accidental for me. They were not accidental for God. I think they were absolutely by God's design and his intention. Um, It was during my junior year in high school and I had gotten to the point where, like, I was, I was kind of frustrated with myself uh, because I wasn't praying, you know, very much, not, certainly not like I wanted to. And, and then when I would pray, like, my mind would wander. I'd forget what I was praying about. And, and I began to wonder, like, it, you know, does God even answer prayer? Is he even answering these prayers that I'm praying? And so anyway, I decided I'd try something. So here's what I did. I got one of those, like, old school calendars. It was about the size of a checkbook where, you know, you flip it open and it had a box for each day. So literally you could see a whole month at a time. And so what I did was, as I took the first day of the month and I wrote down the things that I was praying for. And I just wrote like a key word. And, and, you know, truth is I only wrote like four or five things because like I was a junior, like there's not much going on in my life. Like that was just it. And and I think most of them were like girls' names. But anyway... (laughs) Um, so I wrote down the things that I was praying for, and then every day that I would pray, like I would mark it on the calendar. And every time God answered a, one of the, my prayers, I marked that on the calendar too. Well, after a few months, like I began to see some things, and I learned two key lessons that literally would shape my life of prayer from literally from that day forward. So as I was looking at, you know, my calendar and uh, uh, the two things that jumped out at me, the first thing was this, was that I realized, man, God answered way more prayers than I ever thought he had been doing. I mean, way more than I had previously thought. And what that helped me realize is that God is much more active in my day-to-day life than I had previously understood. It was huge. And then the second key thing that I got out of this was that I realized that the more days I prayed, the more prayers got answered. And I know you're like, well, duh. Like, I could have told you that. Well, yeah, it is kind of a duh thing, but now I had written proof. Like, I had actual documentation of God answering prayer and God working in my life. I'm telling you, for me, like that was huge. That was such a big deal. Now, here's the thing. I've learned a lot about prayer since then. But you know what? 
I'll bet you I'm not the only one who's ever been inconsistent in praying to God. I'll bet I'm not the only one whose mind has wandered off during prayer. I'll bet I'm not the only one who's wondered, you know, is God really answering my prayers or not? I'll bet I'm not the only one who's wondered, like, how can I go deeper in my relationship with God through prayer? I'll bet I'm not the only one that's wondered, like, how do I become better at praying and deepening that relationship with God and becoming more effective? I just don't know how. Good news is, is like, we're not the first people that ever ask those kinds of questions, okay? The, dis- the disciples of Jesus asked those very same types of things when it came to prayer. In fact, one day they came to Jesus, and they said, hey, Jesus, like, would you please teach us how to pray? Because here's the thing. It's clear to us that we don't know what we're doing. It's also clear that you know what you're doing. So would you teach us to do the things that you're doing when it comes to prayer? And then, get this, and, the, and what Jesus says, and we're going to look at it in a minute, what Jesus says to him, or the disciples, would never occur to any of us to say. And, and what Jesus said to them, I think, blew their minds. I mean, I think there's no way they could have possibly anticipated Jesus would have said this. There's no way that they would have said that said what Jesus says either, which by the way, I think further pads the argument that the Bible is authentic and genuine because here's the thing, if you were setting up a religion and you were gonna fake a religion, you, when it came to prayer, like you would never say the stuff that Jesus is about to say. So I want you to look at it. Go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. So, and let's start by asking this question. How do I go deeper with God through prayer? Well, the first thing I do is this, is that I need to understand that persistence is the key for personal prayer. I'm telling you, persistence is the key for personal prayer. Look what Jesus says. This is the part that like, you and I, we would never come up with this. In Luke chapter 11, verse five. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, that's the disciples. Suppose one of you's got a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I've got nothing to offer him. And I'm sure probably about this time the disciples are like, um, Jesus, like, we asked a question about prayer. Like, are we back to, like, loaves? Are we about to do fish here again? Like, we've done that before. Like, no, Jesus, like, no, no, hang on. We're talking about prayer. Verse 7. And he says in reply from within, do not bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he doesn't get up to get up to give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. Verse 9, and I tell you, ask and you will receive. I want you to circle the word ask. Seek and you will find. Circle the word seek. Knock and the door will be opened. You don't want you to circle the word knock. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Okay, now, I had you circle those three verbs, ask, seek, and knock. And here's the thing. If you look at those three verbs, in the original biblical languages, language of Greek, where the New Testament was written, you'll see that those words are written in such a way that the action has a beginning, but it has no ending. And so literally, those words are best translated, ask and keep on asking. You might want to write this up in the margin if you want to. They're, they're better translated, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Because that's literally what those words mean. Which, by the way, 
it's, that's the point that Jesus was trying to make about talking about a guy who knocks on the door at midnight so he can make a sandwich. By the way, I mean, who does that? I mean, that's, that, I mean, what a crazy example. But Jesus's point is that, hey, nobody is getting up at midnight to fix somebody else's sandwich, okay? And here's the thing, and if that person just won't go away, you know what? It might be just easier to just get up, make the sandwich, and get him on his way so you can go back to bed, okay? And that's what Jesus is saying. And by the way, that's what your kids do to you when they want something, right? Have you figured that out? I mean, it's not about a sandwich, but when they want something, I mean, they figured out that if they just ask and ask and ask and they just, they wore you to death until they finally just wear you down, it's just easier to go, okay, you just give in, right? I mean, look, I'm telling you, God's word is in their hearts. Like, like that, they've got this, they got this principle down, all right? Now, Jesus is essentially saying, he's like, look, if you and I are willing to give in to do something just because somebody else is persistent, then how much more is God willing to answer your prayers if you are persistent? Now, Jesus' point is not that you and I are supposed to just annoy God to death so that he gets all riled up and says, fine, I'll just answer your prayer just you know, so I can be done with you. Like, no, no, no. That's not what Jesus is saying. What he's saying is, is that if you and I are willing to give in with somebody that we're annoyed with, then how much more willing is God to answer your prayers because he loves you? That's what Jesus is saying. All right? Well, so if God loves me, then why do I have to go through this whole song and dance of like asking him a thousand times for something before he's going to, you know, do it? Well, initially we need to understand that God is not some sort of a divine vending machine, you know, where we, we put in our prayer, hit the button, and out comes an answer. Okay, like that's not how it works. But the real question for us is, and this is, we're about to get to these bullet points here, how does persistent, being persistent in prayer make me deeper as a Christ follower? Well, it makes me deeper because of three things. First, it regularly puts me in a relationship with God. It regularly puts me in a relationship with God. Because remember, all of that we're talking about is how do I develop a deepening relationship with God? You know what? By the way, Where's the relationship if you just ask for something one time? There's no relationship there. In fact, I think sometimes the reason why God doesn't answer our prayers immediately is because he wants to know, are you willing to keep coming to me so that we can have this relationship? Or are you, or if I don't answer right away, are you just wanting to just take matters in your own hands and just go fix it on your own? Are you really willing to keep coming to me? Because I'm telling you, God is much more interested in the relationship than he is in the answer. And so he wants us to develop that relationship with him and not just take matters on our hands and just go fix it, ourselves, uh, fix it all on our own. Okay, second thing, or second way that makes me deeper is that it puts me in a place where I have to depend on God, where I have to depend on God. See, another part of why God wants you to keep coming to him is because he wants, I think, to see how serious you really are about whatever it is you're asking for. I mean, come on, like you do this with your kids, okay? When your kids ask you for something, like you don't really know how serious they are about it, so you know what a lot of times you'll do? You'll say, well, you know what? Maybe, like we'll see. 
Because you know they're probably going to drop it and then you don't have to do anything, right? But you also know that if they come back to you again and again and again and again and again about it, like, okay, wow, like this is a big deal for them. And so you're much more likely to do something. Same way with God. So it forces us to depend on him. Third thing is that it forces me to persistently give control to God. I, have to, I, I persistently give him control. See, when I keep bringing my request to God over and over and over and over again, one of the key benefits is that I give control of that situation over to God. Now, unfortunately for most of us, what we do is we initially give God control, but then we take it right back. Like, we go to God and we say, okay, God, you know what, I, I, I give you this situation, like, I want you to take care, take care of it, I want, you, I want you to move, I want, I'll give it to you, and I trust you with it, I trust you with it, I trust you with it, and then literally, the very next day, we're back to stressing about it, and worrying about it, and thinking about it, and talking about it, and doing what we can to fix it, and alter it, and, you know, we essentially just take it all right back. But if we'll persistently, regularly go to God, we give, it, give control to him. And the next day, we give control to him. We give control to him. We give control to him. And the more we do that, the deeper we become. See how that works? Now, I um, told you guys last week that I was going to share with you some of the things I do in my own personal life when it comes to prayer. So I want to do that. I brought back with me my um, journal that, remember, in the front... I write down the things that I'm learning from the Bible. But on the back page, on the very last page, what I do is that's where I keep my prayer list, the things that I'm praying for. In fact, and so, you know, here's my prayer list here. Let's just go ahead and put it on the screen so nobody can read it this small. This is my prayer list that I've started. And uh, I pray, these are the things that I'm praying for, uh, for and the parts that are marked out, those are the prayers that God's already answered. And then I just, you know, write a little, note about like what God does to answer that prayer. And then when I fill it all up, I've got a couple lines left. Whenever I fill it all up, what I'll do is I'll turn to the next blank page going forward. I'll recopy all of the things that God didn't answer. And that leaves me space at the bottom to just keep adding to the list. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. You can take that down. So what that does for me is that that provides me written documentation of God's activity in my life. Now look, here's the thing. You don't have to do what I do. You can do whatever you want to. But Jesus commands us to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. So then my question to you is, what can you do to make sure that you are consistently bringing those same prayer requests to God over and over and not letting them fall by the wayside. What are you doing to amass written documentation of God's activity in your life? I mean, I brought some of my old notebooks here with me today, and I want you, I'm seriously, do not underestimate the benefit of having notebook after notebook after notebook, after notebook, after notebook, after notebook of God's activity in your life. I'm telling you, this becomes a powerful weapon against doubt because you know God is real and you know he's at work because you've got it written down. And don't underestimate 
the powerful benefit that is to your kids or your grandkids. It's a tool that God can use to help them see how real he is because he's been so real in your life. I'm telling you, it's huge. Now look, I don't want you, don't, don't, don't misunderstand this. I don't want you to think that just because you pray for something over and over and over and over again, that God is obligated to always say yes. He doesn't. Sometimes he says no. I mean, I've got tons of times when God has said no. And, you know, even Jesus, on the night he was, before he was arrested and crucified, he begs God that if there's any way that he can avoid the cross and still provide salvation, would God let that happen? And God says no. And aren't we glad God said no? Oh my goodness. I just can't imagine where my life would be without Christ. Because see, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he died on the cross so that his death could provide the forgiveness of sin that I need, that you need, that we all need. I mean, that's how seriously God takes dealing with sin. And so now God waits for you and I to take seriously the offer of forgiveness that Jesus gives. So look, if, you, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and pledge your life to following him, look, that's the first prayer you need to pray. Like you can forget all this other stuff. The very first prayer you need to pray is asking Jesus to come to your life to forgive you and pledging your life to follow him. You have to start there. And if you don't know what words to pray, that's fine. We've got them printed there for you. It's in your bulletin. It's on your message notes at the bottom. If you have never prayed that prayer before, oh, please, 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 pray that prayer today. It's the beginning of the change of, of a to your total life. It's amazing. Okay, now, one other little tidbit that I want to mention before we move out of the realm of personal prayer, because I got asked this last week after the service. Um, what, can we do, what can you do to keep your mind from wandering off when you pray? Okay, has that ever happened to you? I mean, it's happened to me a bunch. Um, here's what I've found. The way to keep your mind wandering off from when you pray is to pray out loud. If you just do that very simple thing, if you'll pray out loud, when you pray out loud, your mouth slows your mind down so that you can stay focused on what you're praying for. I'm telling you, your mouth acts like a leash for your mind and keeps it from just wandering off wherever it goes. So just try that. Very simple, but oh, I'm telling you, it's so effective, okay? All right, um, second big thing we want to talk about today is this. Don't overlook corporate prayer. Don't overlook corporate prayer. I want you to look at this verse in the Bible. Oh, I'm telling you, probably the most powerful verse in the entire Old Testament. I mean, it's incredible. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. I'm telling you, there are so many powerful lessons contained in this verse. I, I, be, I wish we had time today to sit and unpack them all, but we don't. But here's what I want you to catch from this verse. God doesn't just ask us to go pray personally to him. He also asks us to pray corporately 
to him. He wants us to gather together as a group of people to cry out to him and beg him to heal our nation. He asks us to humble ourselves, pray, do, stop doing the things that he doesn't want us to do anymore. That we have, so we got to stop doing that. But then he wants us to cry out to him and beg him to bring healing to our nation, healing our land. I'm telling you, when we do that, that's when we'll really see God move in power. Okay, That's when we'll see God alter the course of our country and begin to unite us as a people and begin to do away with the things that so easily divide us. You know, things like skin color and political alignment and sexual orientation and whatever else that we could think of that might divide us as people. God would you know, push all those things to the side because he would begin to work in our culture and bring healing to all that. And he would raise the spiritual temperature of our nation so much so that people would begin to become Christ followers, not just a few at a time, but I'm telling you in droves in such a way that we couldn't build churches fast enough to accommodate all the people that are wanting to know more about God and his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what God is asking you to do, and that's the power of corporate prayer. I mean, it's huge. So, well, then the question today is, well, okay, well, how does corporate praying help me go deeper in my relationship with God? Well, here's the thing. When we see God as a group, we are making a very public and real confession that we are dependent on God alone, that there is nothing, nothing that can Heal what ails our country that is outside of God. And when we make that kind of a confession, we openly acknowledge that, that that counteracts this attitude of self-reliance that is just such an undercurrent in our society today. And all of that helps us go deeper personally in our relationship with him. So I want to give you three ways that we as a church can begin to pray together corporately and um, all of them have to do with our fall campaign. In two weeks, we're kicking off our big fall sermon series. We call it our fall campaign because it's an opportunity for us to use this series uh, as a way to reach out to people in our community, invite them to come to church, and invite them to hear about Christ. Now, the theme for our fall campaign this year is called Inside Out. And it's all about how we can make lasting change happen in our life. Because the truth is, lasting change doesn't happen by just changing externals, you know, like where we go and what we do and habits and routines. That doesn't, that doesn't provide any real lasting change. Lasting change, meaningful lasting change in life only happens when we allow God to change us from the inside out. I'm telling you, it's gonna be, it's going to be a phenomenal series. I, I want you to take full advantage of it. But we have to pray, corporately pray, for God to do something amazing. So how can I put that into practice? Let me give you some thoughts. Here's your bullet points. First is this. I need to participate in the night of prayer on Sunday, September 13th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. That's next Sunday night. On that Sunday night, we're going to come together and we're going to pray for God to move during our fall campaign. Now, at the West Park campus, we're going to gather together and we're going to pray over every chair, every hallway, every classroom. It's going to be great. At the North campus, we're going to gather at Hutzel Elementary where we meet for church on Sunday mornings. We'll pray over that facility at that facility. Um, now, we want you to bring your kids. 
I want you to bring your kids. This is a whole family thing. And we will have some prayer guides that are specifically tailored to their age. Now, they'll have to stay with you, but we want you to bring them. We want them to participate, okay? Um, next thing is this. Join one of our prayer teams. Man, be a part of one of the prayer teams we have at the park. We've got three prayer teams. You might not know this. One prayer team uh, prays with people during the service at the front when people have prayer requests they want somebody to pray live with them so we have one team of people that does that we have another group of people that pray for the service during the service so that right now like we've got people that are praying right now for this service for people to have open hearts and open minds for God to be moving and the Holy Spirit to be convicting and and for people to change we got people that are praying for that right now third prayer team we have are people that pray for the prayer requests that come in on the connection card, okay? And that comes over email. Like, I'm on that prayer team, so every week I get an email, like eight to 10 prayer requests, and so I pray for those requests every single week. That's a great team to be a part of. But those are ways that corporately we can come together and we can pray and be a part. Now, the third thing that we can do is this. I want you to do the drive-through pray and pay. Yeah, the drive-through pray and pay. Now, here's, here's what this is. Uh, in your seat, there's a brown square card. It looks exactly like this. Or find this card. Maybe it's in your bulletin. But I want you to find this card. So this week, whenever you, when you go to a drive-through, just so you only have to do it one time, when you go to a drive-through this week, what I want you to do is I want you to pay for the card for the car that is behind you, okay? Now, I want you to do more than that. I also want you to pray and thank God for, you know, putting that car behind you. Look, even if it's a car that, you know, got like nine kids hanging out the window of this minivan, you know, like, look, pray for them. That mom probably needs some prayer, okay? And look, and here's the thing. If she's got nine kids hanging out the windows of that car, the truth is she probably needs you to pick up one of her bills for her that week. So take that as like, okay, God, I'm happily going to pay for this because they need it more than I do. And then what I want you to do is I want you to hand the cashier, the attendant, this card and ask them to give this to the people behind you when they pull up because you've already paid for their meal. And on the back of this card is an invitation to come to the message series, a little explanation about the message series. So I want you to pray for those people that are behind you in the drive-thru that they would have open hearts for God to move in their life, that they would be open to an invitation to come to church, and that when they come, that God would move in their life, and that if they're not Christ followers, that they would become Christ followers. And I truly believe that this week, if you will approach it with that sort of an attitude, that God will put in line behind you people that he is already working on to help them become more open to him. I'm telling you, it could be huge. So do that this week. Now, let me wrap up by, with, with just this thought. What are you doing? What are you willing to do to go deeper with God in prayer? What are you willing to do to go deeper with God by being more persistent in prayer? What are you willing to do to go deeper with God, to pray corporately, especially this coming week? What are you willing to do to go deeper with God through prayer?
So right now, I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes, and let's all pray. Father, I want to say thank you for, for, honestly, God, for just laying it out to us, for throwing down the gauntlet and, and saying, okay, I want you to pick up that gauntlet and I want you to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking. And Father, I pray for those that have kind of put prayer to the side because, you know, they just lost a vision for it or, you know, weren't seeing what they wanted to see, that God, today, you would help them to pick it back up to begin to document how active you really are and how real you really are to provide convincing, compelling evidence for them as well as for anybody else who would take notice. And God, I ask that you would help all of us go deeper in our relationship with you because we love you. And we want to become the kind of people that pray for and see you move in power in our own personal lives and across our land. And I ask that you bring us back next week as we wrap up this message series. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.